0: Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Welcome, friends. In our current series, Walt and I have been looking at water in the Bible. We began in Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Last time, Noah, a righteous man, obeyed God, and his family was saved from the destruction of the floodwaters because
1: he obeyed and built an ark. And, and Brenda, what's important, it's not, just, it's not just he and his family, Noah was saved, but mankind was saved in the grace and the mercy of God because of his obedience.
0: Exactly. And what we're seeing in, through even this particular series that we're doing, the importance of water in the land of Israel cannot be overstated. Moses in Deuteronomy 11 explains Israel's need to depend on the Lord's provision of water. Beginning in verse 10, For the land that you are entering to take possession of is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you sowed your seed and irrigated it like a garden of vegetables. But the land that you are going over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water by the rain from heaven, a land that the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are always upon it from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. And if you indeed obey my commandments that I command you today, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. He will give the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the latter rain that you may gather in your grain and your wine and your oil. Well, those are verses, verses 10 to 14 in Deuteronomy that are so rich, just even to unpack those. But what we want you to get a picture of is the importance of rain, of water in the land. Yes, the land is going to drink in the water that comes from the rain from heaven, but who fills those rain clouds? It's God. It's a land that the Lord your God will care for. That's the land that I'm giving you that you will possess. But here we have this clause, if then this will happen. And he says, if you will obey my commandments, this promise for rain is conditional. Are you going to obey me? What are those commandments? Love the Lord. Serve the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul. And then he will give the rain for the land in its season, the early
1: rains and the latter rains. But this passage really sets up the stage for this week's lesson As we continue in the book of Genesis, it's the story of Abram and Lot, and and here in Genesis 13, he is called Abram. I might slip up at least once and call him Abraham, because God does change his name to that. But in Genesis 13, verses 9 through 11, the story is that Abram is talking with Lot, and he says, now, is not the whole land before you, Lot? Separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, I will go to the right. And if you take the right hand, I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes, and he saw that the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere, like a garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt in the direction of Zor. Now this was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself all of the Jordan, and Lot journeyed to the east. Thus they separated from each other.
0: Okay, so... Right now, time out. I've got to get out my Bible map. Where did this conversation actually take place? I'm thinking of Israel. I'm thinking of the Jordan River Valley. Where were they standing
1: when they had this conversation? And and literally... Brenda got out the Bible map and we talked a little bit. <laughs> yes, about, and, and just, I had
0: to get it out. <laughs> and just to let
1: you know, um, if you're going to be a serious student of the Bible, it's good for you when you hear a place to get out a map or get out an atlas, get out something and say, okay, where is this and how does this add to the story? So let me paint the setting, and, and actually we could spend a lot of time here, but but in Genesis 13:3, it tells us that Abram had returned from um, the south part of of the land of Israel to between Bethel and Ai. And then he's looking east. He and and Lot are looking east towards the Jordan River Valley. Really, they're looking down through the Judean wilderness, and they can look down to this this huge oasis there that that is at Jericho. It's the largest spring in the whole Middle East. And they're looking down there, and they say, man, it's well-watered everywhere. It looks good. You know, Jeremiah in chapter 49 verse 19 refers to this area as the thickets of the Jordan, and he says it was perennially watered pasture. It looked good. Actually, in 1 Samuel 17, David says he's fighting lions, and Jeremiah 49 says there's lions in those thickets. I mean, this is like a jungle. There's so much water, and it's so green, and it it looks like a garden, and Lot's looking there and he says, I, I want that lush Jordan River Valley. That's what I want. And it makes sense because both Abram and Lot came from a, a river-based agricultural system. They they grew up in Ur of the Chaldeans on the Euphrates River. And, and they knew it was like the, the Nile. It, it was a constant source of water. They didn't have to trust God for it. It's right there. Just open it up and water your land. But I love that Abram, he desired peace and harmony, and, and he was willing to say, Lot, you think that's the best-looking land? Go take it, and I'll take this land. And and so the herdsmen split, and Abram goes one way. He takes the Judean wilderness. He takes the hill country. He takes the Negev. He's in that area. Lot goes down to the river where there's always water.
0: And, you know, well, even as you share that, I'm I'm picturing... Just the beauty of the Jordan River Valley, and and today it the water so much water's pulled off of the Jordan River, and so it's small in comparison. But you know we see all the vegetables, all the in there's a lot of irrigation that goes on in Israel now to raise the crops they do. But just the beauty of that, and lots like hey, it looks good. I'm I'm going there, and that's kind of life on you know on the backstroke, right?
1: Yeah, but making that. That decision based on what
0: looks good can lead to real trouble, a lot of trouble for us. And and I also think it's truly amazing here in this part of the story, Abram's generosity toward his nephew. Remember, he's the older man; he's the uncle, and he says to Lot, his nephew, make the choice. But Abram's generosity was repaid with an even richer statement of pro- of promise to him. God, God's gonna take care of him, right? And I've gotta pause right here. We're we're early um into our verses today, but I just um am thinking of um how, how we need to trust God. And some of that comes when we give, you know, as Abram stood there and at Bethel AI, he's looking down at Jericho. Beyond that is this lush Jordan Valley. And he says, choose what you want, Lot. And he had to trust in the Lord. Um, will, will God take care of me? Will he provide for me? Do, do I really believe that? And an example um happened years ago now, actually close to forty years ago one of the women who was one of my very first mentors when we were we were newly married and we were we had come back to church we were we were at Bible college at the time. And you were up on the platform um, at church to speak and do an opening prayer, and it was they were passing the offering plate, and I literally had a five dollar bill in the pocket of my jacket, and I just felt the Holy Spirit nudge me and say, Brenda, put that five dollar bill in the offering plate, and I, I, I remember it was like Lord. I like, that's all I've got. Like, I have that $5 bill. But I I put that $5 bill in the offering plate as the plate went past me. And after the church service was over, this uh, mentor friend, Ann, came over. She greeted me. Um, we were chatting and talking. And as we said goodbye, she reached out for my hand, and she pressed something into my hand. and And I just put it back into my pocket and didn't look at it and until quite some time later, put my hand in that pocket, um, probably an hour or so later and pulled it out. And Ann had given me $10. Now, that seems really simple. And it seems really small. And please hear me, I'm not saying that's how God's going to bless us. That's how God's going to provide. In this particular situation, you know, I, I felt like God was prompting me to put what I had in the offering plate. But sometimes his blessings aren't necessarily a $10 bill in response, right? Yeah. But, and,
1: and even as you're saying that, I've got tears in my eyes because there were so many times, um, especially early in our marriage, where uh, we, we struggled financially and we really did have to trust. And yet we... We trusted, and we said god we, we're going to give faithfully we 're going to give regularly, we 're going to trust you that you're going to take care of us,
0: yeah, and it you know it shouldn 't surprise us here that um God has already spoken to Abram, and he said, "I will make of you a great nation, I will bless you, I will make your name great, so that you will be a blessing, and the focus here is on Abram now." You know, Lot has gone his way, and now we're moving in Genesis 13, verses 14 and following. We read, The Lord said to Abram after Lot had separated from him, Lift up your eyes, look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land that you see, I will give to you and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. You know, Lot made his choice, and the groups of the herdsmen, Abram's, Abram's herdsmen went one direction, Lot's herdsmen the other They've separated. But now God says to Abram, lift up your eyes. Look to the north, south, the east, and the west, all the land that you see, I will give to you.
1: And you know, here, even God expands this promise earlier. He had said, I will bless those that bless you and those that curse you. I will curse. He had this promise to Abram, but now he says, I will give you and to your offsprings forever. That word forever in the Hebrew, it's olam, olam. It's unto the eternals. It's forever and ever, amen. God makes a promise, and he extends it to Abram, at 75 years old before he ever has a son of promise i mean it's still going to be another 20 years plus and and that's so exciting god's going to formalize this covenant with abram in genesis 15 but the promise given here is an everlasting one this land that's given to abram and his descendants is forever and God says to Abram in Genesis thirteen seventeen, he says, Arise, walk throughout the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. Walk around. This is yours, and it's to your descendants forever.
0: And God blesses Abram for his obedience. He blesses Abram for his desire to walk with God. And another lesson that we can learn from this passage today is the blessing awaiting each person who seeks to be a peacemaker. Relationships aren't easy. They're not easy with coworkers. They're not easy with neighbors, with friendships. They're not easy within our family. We see that here with Abram and Lot, but Abram was that older man. And he yielded, he gave Lot the choice. Where do you want to take your herds? Where do you want to live? And it reminds us of Psalm 133. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. The, the, the very short chapter, but it goes on to say, it's like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion, For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. It's good and it's pleasant when we work together, when we talk through our differences and our conflict, and we come to resolution and we resolve those issues. But here again in verse 3 of Psalm 133, we see like the dew, that's water, the water that falls on the mountains of Zion. That's Jerusalem. The Lord has commanded the blessing. It is life forevermore. And, and
1: we've said this and we'll say it again where there's water, there is life. And, and that's, there's life that comes out of this, this willingness to set aside your rights and to be a unifier, to be a peacemaker. God sees. And God knows our hearts. He knows those deep thoughts of us. And there's a blessing when we yield those to others here as Abram does to Lot. And reminder,
0: Abram, we saw it last week with Noah. If you will obey me, if you'll obey when the Lord leads you as you open up his word on a regular basis and you feel that the Holy Spirit is calling obey his commandments, live in a righteous way. Noah lived in a righteous way. Abram walked with God. He was a friend of God. He says, obey my commandments, love me, serve me. He even goes on in Deuteronomy. It's repeated again in the Gospels. Serve me, love me with all your heart, with all your soul, your strength, and your mind. Then the blessing
1: of life Forevermore. Yeah, not just life here on earth. I mean, that's a blessing to just walk with the Lord and have a peace that passes all understanding and have confidence that your sins have been forgiven. But life forevermore means to the olam. It's eternal. I, I'm alive now, and, and God promises that, that I will live forever when I place my faith, when I place my trust, when I love the Lord with all my heart. And it will also change the way I relate to others. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with everything you can, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Loving others, extended from a heart that has loved God and, and is serving to walk with him in obedience, that changes your life forever more, not just while you're living here on earth. And so Abram stood with his nephew Lot.
0: And he said, choose today, Lot, where do you want to live? Wherever you see, look all around you and make a choice. And we know that Lot chose that lush, that green river valley of Jordan. And living in that area were people who were not following after the Lord. And so he made that choice to go that direction. And Abram turned and and he lived in the place that God called him to. If you'll follow my commandments, then the blessing will be yours. Let's close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you and we think of these men that we have looked at so far in the book of Genesis. We thank you for Noah, who was a righteous man who obeyed what you asked him to do, even as the people around him mocked him and made fun of him. We think of um, Abram today as he yielded his own right as the uncle, as the older relative, and said, Lot, choose where you want to go. You'll go to the right, I'll go to the left. You choose the left, I'll go to the right. And Abram yielded And yet then, because he followed after you, the blessing was his forevermore. And Lord, we thank you for the example of these righteous men who walked in obedience to you. And would we find that true in our lives today and in this coming week. Father, thank you for the opportunity to open your word. And until we come together again. We just ask that each of us would continue to choose to walk with God. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America and outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.